traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years' experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Good afternoon, folks. This is Steve Moore. You are listening to the More Money Show on WABC in New York. It is the top talk radio station in these United States. And congratulations to my great friend and the owner of this uh, radio station, John Katsimides. He is also on uh, the weekends and also at 5 p.m. So, John Katz, thank you for giving me the honor and privilege of having this show and to talk to you, uh, my audience, and our ratings are great, folks. So thank you so much for joining me. If you're new to the show, we talk about this intersection of uh, politics and the economy and finance. And if you're a regular, thank you so much. I apologize. Last week, we had so many callers and we will do uh, uh, calls again um, at the bottom of the hour. So I do want to hear from you about how you are feeling about the economic direction of this country right now. Uh, I'm extremely nervous about things. I think this is an incredibly um, precarious time for our country. I think all of the problems that we're seeing right now, especially with the tanking of the stock market this week, which is really dangerous, uh, trillions of dollars of wealth have been vaporized um, in just the last three or four days. Um, that is going to lead to some economic problems down the road. There's no question about it. Um, And I'm here to tell you, folks, this didn't happen by accident. This is not some kind of act of nature uh, like COVID. This is a series of cataclysmic economic policies by this administration that have had extremely damaging effects on our financial system, on our standing in the world, on our economic growth and our prosperity and our future for our children. And I'm going to say it. I don't think we'd be in this kind of a dangerous um, predicament if Donald J. Trump were president. And, and I know, by the way, most of you agree with me, even if you voted for, Donald, uh, for uh, Joe Biden, even if you uh, don't like Trump. Uh, and I, lo- I know that's a lot of people in this listening audience. You know in your heart that Donald Trump's policies, what he did on the economy, on tax cuts, on pro-American economic uh, and energy development, on getting tough with China, on closing our border to illegal immigrants, to building the wall, to fighting crime, these things that are happening in our country right now would not 
be happening, in my opinion, if Trump were still president. And I know that's a very pro-Trump thing to say, and I, many of you disagree with me. And if you do disagree with me, I want to hear from you. I, I, I want to hear from you uh, because this is uh, an important topic for our country. I do not think Joe Biden has the right mindset. He does not have the business experience and the economic experience and the financial experience to deal with these issues. He just doesn't. He's been in politics for 50 years. He doesn't know anything about job creation. He doesn't know anything about how to start a business, how to meet a payroll. And it shows. And it shows. And he has surrounded himself, unfortunately, with left-wing ideologues. Now, I want to address in this kind of opening um, for the show what I just heard on the radio, uh, and you heard if you listened to the newscast, that played various uh, statements that Joe Biden made yesterday and today about the U.S. economy, because they're they're untrue. So, for example, uh, Joe Biden said in his statement that nobody making less than $400,000 will pay any higher taxes under his agenda. No one who makes less than $400,000. Folks, that's a lie. That is a lie, and I'm going to explain why. Inflation is a tax. Inflation is a regressive sales tax on every American. And let me explain that. And I think it's pretty self-evident, but I want to make sure people understand what I'm saying. When you have prices go from an inflation rate of 1.5%, which is what they were when Trump left office, to 8.5% under Biden. And by the way, when I say 8.5%, I've been on the road uh, this week uh, in many states. I went to Montana. I went to Nebraska. I'm going to uh, Nevada. Uh, and I talked to people. They get angry when I say the inflation rate is 8.5%. People would scream at me. It's not 8.5%. It's 20% because people are seeing the gas prices and they're seeing what's happening in the grocery stores and the surging prices of buying food. So, for example, the gas price at the pump National average was two dollars and fifty nine cents a gallon when Trump left office. Two fifty nine. Now it's four dollars and nineteen cents a gallon. So that is roughly, mm, I don't know the exact number. I can do the math a little bit in my head, but about a sixty five to seventy percent increase in gas prices. <laughs> so come on, how do they come up with eight and a half percent inflation when one of the, the things we're dependent on most gasoline is going up by 70% and food prices are up by way more than eight and a half percent and rental prices are up warmer they way more than eight and a half percent so no no it's not it's not a um, eight and a half percent inflation rate it's it's higher but let's just take the official numbers eight and a half percent that means everything you buy on average is eight and a half percent more expensive that's like a sales tax right it means if the price of something goes from a dollar to a, a 108 or 109 to buy it, right, then that extra eight or nine cents is like a sales tax you're, you're uh, paying. And so everybody pays that, not just people who make less than $400,000. In fact, people who make more than 
probably don't even care about inflation because they have so much money they don't have to worry about gas at $4.50 a gallon. We do. (laughs) We as middle class and working class folks do have to pay that. Now, line number two, I love how they're talking about, oh, my gosh, you know, we have to, they're going to take Social Security and Medicare away from us. How many times, every time Democrats uh, are in a hole, they keep talking about how there's some kind of secret plan to destroy Medicare and Social Security. It's ridiculous. I hope nobody's falling for that ploy. Uh, But I'm here to tell you, Medicare is going to be fine and Social Security is going to be fine. In fact, I want people, I believe that young people should be able to put their money into a 401k account so they can make more money and have higher retirement uh, benefits than they get from Social Security. But that's a that's a subject for another day. But the other thing the president said was he's doing everything he can to keep energy prices down. Do you believe that? Does anybody out there believe that? (laughs) I don't believe it. Everything he has done since the day he entered office has been to met to raise oil and gas prices because he hates oil and gas, right? You know this. And if you're a liberal, you know that um, this kind of climate change fanaticism that uh, it really embodies the entire Biden administration is all about destroying oil and gas industry. And in fact, he's made that clear. His cabinet secretaries have made that clear. Uh, I, I saw the other day, um, Gina, I think her name is Gina McCarthy. She is the um, uh, she's one of these high level. I think she's the climate change czar or czaress because you've also got John Kerry. And she was she basically admitted we want to destroy the oil and gas industry. So if you want to destroy the industry, you're not you don't want to. What you're doing is you're reducing the output, which has happened. And that means the price of oil and gas go up, up. If you want to get rid of oil and gas production, then. Obviously, if the supply something goes of something goes down, the price goes up. So why is anybody even surprised that we're paying four dollars and forty nine cents a gallon for gas? And I know many of you in the New York area where you're paying five to six dollars a gallon gas. So come on, at least be honest, Joe Biden and liberals, that you hate the oil and gas industry. You don't want people to use it. And one consequence of that is now we have to pay higher prices for these things. Finally, the stock market crash, and it is a crash. What's happened in the last three days is a crash. We have lost trillions of dollars. Americans, folks, don't depress yourself. Don't even look at what's happened to your 401k plan, your retirement plan, and your individual stock holdings. I mean, my wife called me and she was practically in tears. And I said, honey, I don't even want to know. Don't tell me how much money we've lost in the last three days. Now, hopefully the market will turn around, but I'm here to tell you the reason that the market is crashing is because of inflation, Biden inflation. If we didn't have the high inflation, we wouldn't have the stock market crashing. I had a piece with my friend Arthur Laffer in the Wall Street Journal that got a lot of attention this past week. If you didn't see it, just Google uh, Steve Moore, Art Laffer, Wall Street Journal. And we described how what's happening now, and I, by the way, I hope I'm wrong. I, I would love to be wrong about this, but what we talk about is what we're seeing is exactly what we saw in the 1970s. Exactly. Even the rhetoric from the Fed is the same. Oh, inflation will go away. It's transitory. It's one factor or another. And, and, you know, how Biden is always blaming inflation on Putin and other things. They never blame themselves. And that's exactly what happened under Nixon, Ford, and Carter in the 1970s. Inflation got worse and worse and worse, and it crushed the economy. It crushed workers' wages. And it crushed the stock market. The stock market during the 1970s adjusted for inflation 
fell, fell by 60%. Let me say that again. Stocks adjusted for inflation over the entire decade of the 70s lost half of their value because inflation is a killer of a stock market. So I'm just going to by saying we have got to get serious about getting this inflation rate down. And when I hear Joe Biden say, as he said today, we have to reverse the Trump tax cuts. That is insanity, folks. That will make inflation worse. It will reduce the jobs. It will reduce the amount of investment here in America. It will reduce the number of companies who are bringing jobs back to the United States. We've got to start building things here in America again. We've got to bring manufacturing and we've got to bring technology development and all these things back to the United States. How is that going to happen if we're raising taxes on our businesses? So I'm despondent right now. I really am. I am so afraid of what is happening to our country and everything that Joe Biden is saying and everything that he said today is going to make the situation worse. Now, that's my position. I want to hear from you starting at the bottom of the hour. But in the next segment, I want you to listen to Ryan and Bob Payne, who are two of the top financial analysts in the United States. Explain what is going on and how you deal with your stock market holdings in your financial situation, given the crisis that we're in right now. You are listening to the More Money Show. We'll be taking your calls, 1-800-848-9222 or 1-800-848-WABC. We'll be taking your calls on the More Money Hotline at the bottom of the hour, but now I'm going to turn it over to my good friends, Ryan and Bob Payne. You're listening to The More Money Show. You're listening to one of the most iconic stations in the nation, an American original. Talk Radio 77 WABC and WABCRadio.com. Hey, it's Ryan Payne and Bob Payne today on More Money from Payne Capital Management. Of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E talking about the economy, talking about the markets, talking about what you should be doing with your financial independence plan. And Bob, man, oh man, I feel like every single week, there's just so much to talk about. The uh, market's like your favorite ride, a great adventure, just like up, down, sideways. What do you make of it all right now? You know what I make of it, Ryan? I love how the media, the financial media especially, they focus their attention from like, you know, one you know colorful dot to another. You know, two months ago, we we're talking about you know, rates that led dislocations and deploying capital opportunities and, uh, you know, maybe having a, a soft landing by the Fed. And then the narrative changed to, to we're going to have stagflation, right? And earnings are going to disappear. Now we're talking about, are we going to have a hard landing or a soft landing? Are we in a recession? Are we going to a recession? <laughs> I mean, it's enough to make your head spin. Well, you know, I think at this point, the majority of economists on Wall Street are definitely calling for a recession, but the reality of it is, you know, we talked about this week after week. I'm not so sure, Matt. I'm, I'm going to opt for that quote unquote proverbial soft landing here, Bob. I mean, the Fed this week came out. That was the big news is what the Fed was going to do. And of course, markets price in what's going to happen ahead of time. So there were really no surprises there. If anything, uh, you know, the, the Fed was maybe a little less aggressive in their, their talk than what was anticipated. Yeah, they really sounded hawkish in the last month, but now they're kind of acting dovish. So, you know, here we are back to these, uh, you know, zoo analogies, right? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, hey, let's face it. On one hand, we have strong corporate and household balance sheets. We have a booming labor market. You know, for every two job openings, there's maybe one unemployed worker. 
Um, on the other hand, we got inflation, right? We got geopolitical risk. So we have, uh, you know, we've got kind of a uh, double-edged sword right now. We do, but I think, you know, the, the narrative that we've heard a lot about, we talk about the 70s, and you talk about stagflation, right? We know inflation was 8.5% over the last year. That's all the media can talk about. And we know wages didn't go up as much as inflation did. So the question is, is the consumer here and the American consumer, that's what all the U.S. economy is about, is, is the American consumer going to spend? And the one thing we're not seeing is the consumer has not stopped their spending, Bob. They continue <laughs> to spend regardless of inflation, which to me, that speaks to uh, people are very confident right now. Again, no matter what the media tells you. Yeah, right. The optimist that speaks to me, the optimist in me that uh, the pent up demand will keep this economy growing because people who weren't able to buy houses want to buy houses. People who couldn't get a car want to buy a car. Right. Businesses want to expand. So you have a degree of immunity to the economy because of the consumer. And uh, you know what? My whole career, Rye, the worst thing you ever do is discount the U.S. consumer. <laughs> yes, Americans love to spend and don't ever forget that. It's, it's very true. Uh, but it's interesting, right? If we, if we look at the quote unquote market and you're trying to invest your money to grow it over inflation, it's really the tale of a lot of different markets. You know, if I was to put it in a, in a very, uh, Unsucinct way, because you know we've seen we've talked about growth, technology, disruptive technology. We've warned that you know most of you are overweighted there, and it's just getting its teeth kicked in, Bob, for lack of a better way of putting it. Yeah, on the other hand, you've got blue chip dividend paying stocks that were are virtually unchanged now with yesterday's rally, um, or at least on uh, Wednesday's rally. And, you know, you have growth stocks, which have been a big engine of return. Let's face it. They've outperformed for almost 13 years. They're due for a pullback. And in some cases, you had companies that were selling on, you know, just on hot air. And that balloon's been let out. That air's being let out. Um, we never invest in things like that. So I'm not really feeling the pain, right? <laughs> no pun intended. Um, but, I, you know, I think it was also interesting, too, is, you know, look at Warren Buffett, right? Probably the greatest investor of our generation. And you look at the last quarter, his company, Berkshire Hathaway, a big conglomerate, did more buying, Bob, than they have in over a decade in the last quarter, which Warren Buffett's buying the smartest investor on earth, put about $40 billion to work with all this volatility. That says to me, there might be some value out there in getting your money to work and not just sitting in cash. Again, right, you know, Wall Street, the uh, financial media is obsessed with shiny objects, right? The new shiny object is this Kathy Woods portfolio manager with the ARC funds, which are down 65% from their high. And they're always bad-mouthing, you know, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger. Um, I saw an article this week that said, oh, you know, this because Berkshire Hathaway is investing right now doesn't mean they time the markets well. Of course they don't. They don't time the markets. They invest in companies when they're at a good opportunity where they can buy them cheap, get good dividends, and grow their capital. There's a reason why he's the smartest investor in the history of the world. Well, I think this is the proverbial time of be greedy when others are fearful, right? Because the fear right now is at some of the highest levels we've ever seen. In fact, if you look at investor sentiment, which we look at a lot, it's more negative today than it's been since the great financial crisis. So, and that's typically what we would call counter-indicator because when people are very, very fearful, there's a lot of uncertainty out there. Ironically, that's the best time to deploy capital. So if you've been sitting in cash, trying to figure out what to do, thinking that the world's going to end, 
Sadly, or not sadly, this is the time you have to get serious about investing your money because you don't get these windows very often. You have this great window right now when markets are volatile. And if you're sitting in cash right now, it's a good time to get your long-term investment plan in place. No, right. That's the problem with investing, right? You have this theoretical game of what if, you know, what if Jupiter hits Mars? What if Taiwan is <laughs> invaded by China, right? Um, you have all these different scenarios. And if you're waiting for all the risks to go away before you decide it's safe to invest, guess what happens? Either never get invested or you invest near the top when it feels safe, because when it feels safe, it usually it's not. And the best time to buy is when everybody's yeah. pessimistic, kind of like right now. Yeah, and it's it's kind of we've had this great we call repricing, right? Because now interest rates are higher, a lot higher than they've been in a couple of years. Uh, and you have dividend yields right now that are really attractive, right? When you look at a global portfolio, you're getting over 3% just in dividends, which is way better than that 0% you're earning cash. And even bonds, you know, we, we talk about bond funds. We don't like bond funds. They've gotten hammered here, destroyed here. So hopefully you've been listening to us and don't own bond funds. But if you owned a tax-free bond going out 10 years now, you're getting over 3%. If you're in a high tax bracket, that's like getting close to 5% on your money. So, you know, the opportunity right now is better than we've seen in years when it comes to locking into bonds and getting dividends on your portfolio that you can generate and compound. Well, that's the problem with investing in a rearview mirror, right? Everything looks good in hindsight and things that did poorly in the past will do well going forward. You know, Rob, we go through, you know, different periods of time where certain parts of the market outperform. For example, the U.S. was the best place to be in the last 10 years and now represents 62% of the entire global stock market capitalization, which means it's kind of overbought, right? When you hear these analysts tell you the only place to be is the U.S., what they're not recognizing how cheap the rest of the world is relative to the U.S. market and where the buying opportunities happen to occur right now. Well, given that like 90% plus of the world's population and growth is going to be outside the U.S. in the next 10 years, <laughs> you, gotta, you have to diversify. Um, and if you're thinking to yourself right now, like, look, I, you know, I don't know what to do right now. The volatility is insane. I'm sitting in that hasn't done well. I'm getting hammered here because I don't have a game plan. Well, here's your shot to get that game plan. We keep 10 slots open for the show. If you have over $750,000 saved for retirement, myself and Bob will run for you our total financial master plan. We'll do it with no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review. There's no other firm that will do this work up front. We literally go through everything. We go through every holding that you have. We're going to build for you your own personalized financial portal, and we're going to get a bird's eye view of your entire financial life, and we're going to hone in on every single financial issue that you have. We're going to look at everything like income. You need an income plan for retirement. How are you going to draw from your portfolio? How are you going to take Social Security? There's hundreds of ways to take Social Security. What's the best way for you? We'll put together a full income game plan so you don't run out of money over the rest of your life. We're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street loves to sell you high-cost products that are tax inefficient. We're going to go through every investment you own, show you exactly where the fees are, the hidden fees, how to reduce those costs, and optimize your portfolio for taxes so there's more money in your pocket, not the government's. And we're going to look at diversification. Are you getting hammered here with the markets going up and down, sideways? Or have you been just sitting in cash, paralysis by analysis, earning nothing on your money as inflation is over 8%? We're going to put together a full investment game plan, show you how to grow your money, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. We've got 10 slots if you have over $750,000 saved for retirement. 
All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next 10 callers, you've saved over 750000 for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will create for you your own total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no cost, but you won't have a plan. You don't text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. So, Bob, you know, one of the things that we do at our firm, paying capital management, is we probably look at... 50 new portfolios every month. We have a new family or 50 new families coming in and we go over their portfolio. We look at exactly what they're doing. And you know, right now with all the uncertainty, we have high interest rates, we have high inflation, we have a Chinese lockdown, we have supply chain shortages across the world, a labor shortage, and also war in Eastern Europe. It's not exactly the most certain times <laughs> we could possibly be in right now. But what we find is with a lot of the families that come into our firm, is a lot of you right now are frozen in your tracks when it comes to your financial plan. So I thought, Bob, we could talk about some of the more paralyzing statements we hear you saying right now and how to get rid of that financial planning paralysis, per se. Well, Ryan, my favorite is, you know, the market's so volatile, Bob, that I decided to stop putting money into my 401k until the market's ready to go back up again. What's wrong with that statement, right? <laughs> well, it's like what we talked about uh, you know, earlier on the show this morning. It's just like, be greedy when others are fearful. You've got to take advantage of the volatility to get better long-term returns. You know, the worst thing you can do when stocks are on sale, prices are on sale, is not take advantage of the opportunity and pick up some shares. You know, it's the only market in the world, right, where when things go on sale, people sell, right? The grocery store, if tuna fish goes on sale, you run over and you buy a couple of cans, right? If you go to buy a car, you don't ask them, hey, can I pay a lot more for it than the <laughs> sticker price? I mean, you do that right now. But the only time in my experience where people sell a sale or investors dump their stocks is when the market's down, it's the best time to be investing. Yeah, it really is. And, and we talked about this before, but right now... Right now, more than ever, it's so critical that you're not sitting in cash. And I get it. It sounds counterintuitive. But again, with inflation at 8.5%, think about that. The last 12 months, you lost 8.5% on your money if you sat in cash. Markets, believe it or not, are actually up over the last 12 months if you're diversified. And getting that return on your money is just more critical than ever, Bob. Like It's not like the last 10 years when was inflation was low. You just can't sit in cash and stick your head in the sand uh, like maybe you did the last 10 years, the stakes are way higher now. Hey, Ryan, I'm going to leave everybody with one Bobism. We make all our money in down markets, right? The best time to invest, the best returns you get is when you buy low. And, you know, there's uncertainty. Prices are volatile. The lower they go, the better they are. Look, the market's at 34000 It may go to 29000 but it's going to ultimately go to 40000 50000 60000 The only thing I can't tell you is when. Now, <laughs> right? Now. Um, and if we could, we'd have a crystal ball and that'd be great. We'd be on our yacht, but we don't. And neither do you, but you have to get your long-term game plan in place. Cause the other thing I'm hearing right now too is, you know, I was going to get my financial plan together this year, but there's no point given the fact that everything has changed. Well, you know, we're always in flux, Bob. 
Sounds like a procrastination to me, right? Every time you want to sit down and plan, there's always an excuse why not to, because it's painful. It's boring. It's like, you know, trying to put together a diet. Who wants to do that? Yeah, no. Well, we actually find this stuff exciting, believe it or not. It's true. But it's true. <laughs> and it's one of those where it, it's the thought of financial planning is worse than it actually is. There's nothing more therapeutic than actually sitting down and cleaning house, right? Like going through and like looking at what's your budget really going to be? What, what do you really need to spend? And then, you know, we do that income analysis. You can really see tangibly what kind of income can I have come in every year, whether I'm retired now or my paycheck is stopping. But to start to get that data together and then to consolidate accounts, so you're not getting like 20 statements every single month. So you have simplicity over complexity. I mean, this takes so much stress out of the equation when we just sit down and we like take on this stuff head on. And I always joke by that's why we have that therapist couch in our office because it's like <laughs> financial therapy when you do this stuff. Yeah, there's always uncertainty, right? There's always concerns, and you can't control those things, right? You can't control what's going to happen. You can sit there and worry about it all day long. It's not going to change anything. But what you can control is how much you put into your 401k, how much money you invest in the market, how much you buy in bonds, you know, how well you take your Social Security and make sure that you're putting yourself in a position to win because that's what the market does. The market bases its moves on probabilities, not an uncertainty, right? It's always priced in. The market's smarter than everybody. So you got to be smart and focus on your plan because the market doesn't care about your plan. You're the only well, person that can take care of it. Well, that's a good point because it's about the things you can control. And there's a lot of things you can control. You can control the risk. Like we said, we can start to control the odds and probabilities of the kind of income you can have come in every year. So, you know, taking advantage of what you can control and not ignoring that is a huge part of the planning process. You know, I, I hear this too all the time. Like, I don't look at my accounts when they're losing money. I just ignore them. Well, this is probably one of the better times to be proactive when things are down and to make those decisions in your portfolio. You don't stick your head in the sand. Well, that's the problem with emotion, right? The last time we had this kind of volatility was when the COVID pandemic hit, the global pandemic hit, and the stock market dropped almost 35% in five weeks. Matter of fact, it got all the way down to 21,000. Now, a lot of you out there panicked and sold. Market's at 34,000 now. You haven't gotten back in. So that's the problem with emotional investing, right? Not investing based on a plan. If you stuck to your plan, not only would you be wealthier today, but you'd be set for life. You would. And I think right now what you have to look at is a lot of you are overweighted in things like bond funds, which we warn about every week. You know, bond funds are getting destroyed right now. And a lot of those growth stocks and that part of the market is selling off the most. And it's a good time to reevaluate. Is your portfolio ready for the next 10 years? It's kind of like I look at it, Bob. It's like the tide's down. You're sitting in a boat that's got lots of holes in it, but you can jump to this other boat at the same levels that's much sturdier. So when the tide rises, you're in much better position. So these times of volatility are a great time to reevaluate to make sure because if your portfolio is down a lot, maybe you don't have the right portfolio in place. And we know, we see your portfolios. Most of you don't have the portfolio of the next 10 years, which encompasses more inflation, cost of living going up, adding more protection in your portfolio and spreading your money out further. Most of you have not done that. And that's a great irony, Rye. All over my career, I've worked with all types of clients, and you have the unplanned and the planned. The unplanned client takes more risk than necessary because they don't take the time to understand the risk they're taking, and they don't base their investments on their goals. The planned investor doesn't have to take excessive risk, right? They only have to get the return they need to overcome inflation and taxation. It's a much smoother, much comfortable ride 
question you got to ask yourself right now, am I planned or am I unplanned? And if you want to be planned and you're not, well, here's your shot to do it. We're down to five slots left. If you have over $750,000 saved for retirement, Bob and I will run for your total financial master plan. We'll do that with no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review. There's no other firm that will literally do all this work up front. Go through every holding that you have. We're actually going to build you your own personalized financial portal, give you a bird's eye view of your entire financial picture. We can hone in on every financial issue you have right now. We're going to look at income. You know you need an income plan for retirement. What's it going to be? We're going to show you how to optimize Social Security because there's so many ways to take Social Security. We're going to figure out how do you optimize the income on your portfolio to live on so you don't run out of money over life, a full income plan. We're going to look at diversification. Growth, bond funds have gotten destroyed over the course of the last couple of months. Is your portfolio positioned correctly or you've gotten hammered here or have you just been sitting in cash? You know you're earning nothing on your money. Paralysis by analysis with all the uncertainty. We're going to put together a full investment game plan to show you how to grow your wealth, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. Most of Wall Street products have lots of fees. They're tax inefficient. We're going to go through every investment you own, show you how you can reduce the cost, especially those hidden costs you don't see, and show you how to make your portfolio more tax efficient. Less money in Uncle Sam's pocket, more money in your pocket. That's the plan I like. We literally have five slots left if you have over $750,000 saved for retirement. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next five callers, you've saved over $750,000 for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will create for you your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation there's no cost, no strings attached, but you won't have a plan, you know, text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692 or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. If you want to learn more about our firm, Payne Capital Management, and that's P-A-Y-N-E, simply go to bbullish.com. Bbullish.com, you can check out our podcast. We actually have Charles Payne from Making Money with Charles Payne on this past week. It's a great show. You should check it out. Go to bbullish.com. That's it for today. Stay tuned. We got more, more money coming your way. If you're suffering from ED, you're not alone. 60% of men over 60 have this problem. Help is out there. The professionals at Elevate Wellness can help you be the man you used to be. They've helped thousands of patients and have a 96% success rate. What are you waiting for? Call 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. Your first visit is only $99. ElevateWellnessGroup.com. Help is out there. ElevateWellnessGroup.com. Stop. ED is no laughing matter. This could be caused from low T, high blood pressure, or diabetes. Elevate Wellness can help. 40% of men over 40 have experienced this. Make the call to Elevate Wellness now. 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. The office visit is only $99 and includes exam, blood work, test dose, and consultation. Call Elevate Wellness. 973-354-2276. Or Elevate Wellness Group. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Bob Payne, Chief Investment Strategist from Payne Capital Management with this week's market update. This week on the Street of Dreams, the S&P 500 traded lower in a roller coaster week 
as investors digested another Federal Reserve interest rate hike and a mixed batch of earnings reports. On Wednesday, the Federal Reserve announced it's raising its Fed funds interest rate target by a half of 1% to a new range of between 75 and 100 basis points. The decision marked the first time the Fed has issued a rate hike of 50 basis points or larger in more than 20 years. The stock market experienced extreme volatility following the interest rate hike. The Wednesday announcement triggered a 900-point relief rally in the Dow Jones Industrial Average on Wednesday, its best single-day performance since 2020. Unfortunately, the Dow lost more than 1,000 points the next day on Thursday, its worst single-day loss since 2020. That's 1,900 points in two days for basically a net move of 70 points. Wow, if that's not extreme volatility, I don't know what is. Now, the reality, of course, is nothing materially changed overnight. A single event cannot possibly be inherently bullish one day and negative the next. The only thing I see that did change, market volatility shifted from heading upward one day and then downward the next, reshaping the narrative in the press in the process. As I often say, news doesn't make the markets, markets shape the news. Unfortunately, for most investors, they tend to see short-term volatility as the enemy. Volatility is leading many investors to want to move money out of the market and sit on the sidelines until things calm down. Their words, not mine. Although this approach may appear to solve one problem that seemed to be very rational, it creates several others. Like, when do you get back in? You must make two perfectly timed, correct decisions back-to-back, one to get out of the market and then one to get back in. And with a market that just swung 1,900 points in two days, how could anyone be that nimble? By going to the sidelines, you could not only be missing a potential rebound, but all the potential growth on that money going forward, especially dividends and interest, which account for almost half of your lifetime returns in your portfolio. We believe the wiser course of action is to stay the course, rebalance where necessary, and God forbid, Take some losses, right? Harvest tax losses. Do tax swaps. Put money in the loss bank so you can offset taxes owed on unrealized capital gains in the future. Additionally, volatility is not new. Over the past 42 years, the S&P 500 has experienced intraday drawdowns every single year for an average drop of 14%. The S&P 500 year-to-date is down 13%, close to the 42-year average. Over the past 42 years, even with these intra-year drops, the S&P has closed higher 32 out of those 42 years. The market has closed up 76% of the time for most of our investing lifetimes. But if you're thinking this market might be the exception, the odds are against you. And if you want to talk odds, for most investors who have acted on that impulse to get out in the past or even now, in my experience, usually have a 100% chance of failing to achieve their lifetime financial goals. Hey, if you're thinking to yourself, I need to have a high probability of achieving my lifetime goals, well, all you have to do is text or call to get your free evaluation. My son, Ryan, and I have 68 years of combined industry experience of building low-cost, tax-efficient, goal-based portfolios. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. 6692 or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Hey, this is Bob Payne. I'm the Chief Investment Strategist here at Payne Capital Management. W-A-P-N.
ABC. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is the More Money Show. This is WABC Talk Radio. We have the best audience in the country. I, I, I get to this part of the show and I get so excited because I love to hear from you, the listeners. And we have the smartest listeners in the country. I, I learn more from listening to you sometimes than maybe you learn from me. And that is uh, why I'm so privileged to do the show. I think we have the smartest audience in America. I really do. The people who uh, who listen to WABC, and I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican, we have people on both sides. This is freedom of speech radio, by the way, folks. You know that. I, I love to take calls from people I disagree with. Uh, we can disagree in the still and not be disagreeable. And I, I, uh, I'm urging some of my Democratic and liberal friends to call in and please defend the Biden policies. He is our president. He was elected. I think there was a, a bit of a rigged election, but, but nonetheless, he was elected and he is our president. And Kamala Harris is our vice president. Nancy Pelosi is our speaker of the House. And Chucky Schumer is the, is the Senate Democratic leadership. They control everything right now. The Democrats control the House, the Senate, the presidency, the vice presidency. And um, are you happy with the way things are going? Uh, if you are a Democrat, and you feel like things are going well and you can defend these policies, please call in. I'm serious. Please call in. I will be re- very respectful of your opinion. I've asked for seven straight weeks now. This is the eighth week. I've pleaded with someone to call in who's a Democrat or a liberal who will de- defend the policies that say it's smarter for America to get our oil and gas from Russia and to get it from uh, Iran and Saudi Arabia rather than getting it from Alaska and Texas in Oklahoma. I don't get the logic of that. I actually think it would be better for the environment if we produce the, and I don't think there's any question about it, that we have the, the safest and the cleanest uh, energy in the world. Our oil and gas and coal is the cleanest. You know, if you're a regular listener to this show, you know, because I say it every week, that China right now is building somewhere between 50 and 100 new coal plants. So Every time we're shutting down a coal plant in the United States, they're building five new ones. How is somebody got to explain that to me? How is that going to reduce global warming? How is that going to change the climate of the planet when we shut one down and they produce five new ones? Uh, China is uh, responsible for 60 percent of the pollution in the world and the climate problems, if to the extent there are climate problems. And why are we responsible for their pollution? One last thing, and I'll start taking your calls. That number, by the way, 1-800-848-9222 is the More Money Hotline. I want to hear from you folks. Um, and I know we have four or five people lined up right now, so we've got a couple lines still open. Um, China is the enemy of the United States. Let's not take our eye off the ball. Obviously, Russia is an evil country as well, especially their leader, Vladimir Putin. But China is a country, I said this last week, I want to repeat these numbers. Russia's economy is about two or three trillion dollars. The American economy is twenty two trillion dollars. And China's economy is so oh, roughly fifteen or sixteen trillion. So who do you think is a, a bigger threat to the United States? Russia or China? Russia's two trillion, China's sixteen trillion. 
Which country is a greater threat and adversary? I'm here to tell you it's China. They're involved in predatory trade practices. They are involved in incredible human rights violations. What's going on in China right now is absolutely uh, indefensible. It is a, it, 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 they are literally locking millions, tens of millions, 50 million people into their homes, starving them to death. Star- I'm not being hyperbolic here. They are starving to death their own citizens because of their incredibly militaristic COVID policies, even though we know that uh, these lockdown policies don't work. So uh, let's get serious about China. Let's get our taxes down. Let's deregulate, not increase regulations. Let's promote American energy. Um, Let's put America first. (laughs) I know people may not like that slogan, but putting America first, making America great again, that those policies work. You know it. If you're a liberal, call in and tell me which policies you didn't agree with. Okay, we're going to get to the phone lines. Mr. Producer, who is our first caller this afternoon? Our first caller is Walker from Paramus, New Jersey. Walker, I think you're a first-time caller to this show, so thank you so much for calling in from New Jersey. What do you got? Uh, Steve, uh, I got three words, liquefied natural gas. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Well, you know, Walker, you get an A today. I mean, you are absolutely right. Liquefied natural gas, just so people know, and Walker, I want you to expound a little bit on this, but I want people to understand. So we have more natural gas than any other country in the world. But the uh, the um, shale revolution has created incredible uh, amounts of natural gas. The, by the way, the natural gas price was about $2. It's gone up to about $6 under Biden. So the price is escalating. But we should be producing that natural gas in places like Texas, in places like North Dakota, Oklahoma. And then we should be uh, putting in pipelines, shipping it to the ports, and then liquefying it. That's why you get the LNG, liquefied natural gas. And we could be exporting that to Europe so they weren't, would not, so those countries like Italy and Spain and France and Germany would not be dependent on Russia. It's so obvious. So, Walker, I think you're entirely right, but do you want to expound on what you were saying? Absolutely. There's, there's three other things that kind of a cocktail effect with that. Coal. They're going to use coal until they get LNG in Europe, and they need nickel for the steel. Cryogenic right. LNG needs 9% nickel steel. The nickel market went bonkers, not because of electric cars. It's for making 9% nickel steel. And also LNG tankers that built in South Korea, it's a market we're totally shut out of. We can't even buy stock in those companies like Hyundai, Samsung, and Daewoo. So great call, Walker. Thank you for calling a really great call. It's an important point. And this, I, I want to just add something to what Walker was saying, because he obviously is someone who knows he's talking about. That's why I love taking your calls, folks. You're smart people. Um, we, we have trillions of dollars of uh, natural, uh, of, 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 uh, of minerals, resources, uh, and natural resources in this country. I mean, I was in Nebraska this week. I was was in the middle of the cornfields in Nebraska. There is no country in the world that has greater farmland than the United States. It's incredible. You go to Iowa, you go to Nebraska, you go to my home state of Illinois. People think of Chicago, but Illinois has huge amounts of cornfields. We should be producing our own natural. Why is it the food prices are so high? When we've got so much food production in this country, it's because we've got backward economic policies. But my point on about the minerals is you're so right. We have nickel. We have silver. We have copper. We have all of the precious minerals. We can have them here. They are in the mountains of of, uh, of Wyoming and Montana and Utah and all of these states out west. We're so endowed by our 
creator with incredible natural resources, and yet we have to import them from other countries that are hostile to the United States, and that's putting our security at risk. Okay, who is our next caller, Mr. Producer? Our next caller is John from Long Island. John, thanks for calling in from Long Island. What do you got for us, sir? Hey, Steve. Uh, I just want to correct you. Uh, Russia and China are not America's main threat. It's Joe Biden. You ever saw that movie, Weekend at Bernie's? What we got here today, what we got here today is Weekend at Biden. 365 days a year. And I'm going to be, I'm just going to say this to you and to everybody out there that's listening to you and to the Republican Party, as well as the Democrats, because they, they want control, they want power, and they don't care if this nation, with all the illegals coming in, flights at night and everything else, they don't care. They care about power. I couldn't agree more. I mean, John, it is a great, great, great point. Thank you for calling in. And you've, you've correctly corrected me. Uh, yes, China is a great threat to America, but I've come to the conclusion, very, very similar to what John was saying. I think the greatest threat to America right now is from within. I, I think you're exactly right. And, but that's not uncommon. Great empires. And we are the great empire of the last hundred years. Uh, and we are a force for good not a force for evil. We are a force for good in the world today. We are the United States of America. But if you read the textbooks that our children are reading, if you listen to MSNBC or CNN, or listen to what some of the uh, people in this Biden administration say about America, you would think we're the villains and they're the good guys. (laughs) They don't even know who's wearing the white hats and who's wearing the black hats. And when I see these folks, if you've got a, a, a kid who's in um, grade school or high school or co- even college, read the history texts of America. I mean, the story of America is the greatest story ever told, other than the story of Jesus Christ. And it is an amazing story. And yes, have we had um, have we had um, evil parts of our history? Yes, we have. We're human beings. We're not perfect people. Slavery was an evil. Uh, segregation was an evil. Um, all sorts of policies in America that we are ashamed of, but we have become greater year after year after year. And we've learned from the mistakes that we've made in the past, except for now. I don't know that we have. And I think it's a great point. I am very worried about what we are teaching to our children. The teachers unions are the most left-wing group in America. They're the ones that are teaching our kids. It's all critical race theory. It's America's responsible for all the problems in the world. It's America's a misogynist, racist, uh, you know, country. And that is not America. This is a great country. I've been traveling from coast to coast, folks, for the last six months. It is a great, great country with great, great people who are great patriots. And uh, let's not get too despondent because I do think the change is coming. As my friend Larry Kudlow says, the cavalry is coming. He's so right. People are fed up with what Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi Pelosi and Chuck Schumer have done to our country and now what they're doing to our wallets with respect to the crash in the stock market. All right. Who is our next caller, Mr. Producer? Our next caller is Dom from Minnesota. Wow. Dom from Minnesota. Thanks for calling in, sir, to WABC. What do you got for us? Hi, Steve. First time caller, uh, quite a long time listener of yours and WABC shows. You know, honored, it seems, thank you for listening. 
No, this honor is all mine because I like your plan for 999 flat tax plan for Herman Cain. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love <laughs> and, it. And I, I do love your plan for Trump. Remember, there, there seems to be no limit for the liberals' appetite for spending other people's money. Remember, <laughs> right. Biden's racist, remember Biden's racist joke about Indians working in a 7-Eleven? I am an Indian. And I don't own mm-hmm. a 7-Eleven because I lost my slight Indian accent a long time ago. Hmm. <laughs> and I work right, for right. a living. I actually work yeah. for a living. So yes. here's, a, here's a solution that just might work. Yes. Biden's student loan forgiveness. He wants to forgive $2 trillion of student loans. So Absolutely. how about we hire a whole bunch of brain surgeons and offer to forgive their $200,000 student loan on one condition? If they are each willing to operate on the brains of 10 left-brain-leaning human parasites, this can free brain stuff. Starting, starting, yeah, starting with Pocahontas, well, uh, Nancy Pelosi, and Jeffy Schumer. Sir, sir, how do you how do you get this show? Do you listen online or do you get WABC? How are you how are you um, able to listen to the show? I li- I listen on the app, but you know, in all seriousness, fantastic. You know, we can't afford to lose in 2022 and 2024. Oh, you're right. So I've been. So, Dan, I got to break you off because we're running out of time here. But thank, great call. I'm, I'm so honored. We have people. See, I told you, folks, we have people listening from coast to coast. We even have people listening from California. And uh, I know that most of our listeners are in the New York area. But it is it is it is it is such a privilege for me to be able to communicate uh, with you and for you to tell me these great ideas. And I you know it, it is so true that like, economics is not complicated. It really isn't. It's the law of supply and demand. It's having a lean government that provides the essential services that we need, but letting businesses and workers and families do their thing. And several of our callers have said this, and I'm going to repeat what they said because it's so important. These are people who care about, uh, oh, we care about the poor. We care about the minorities. We care about the environment. We care about women's rights. We No, no, no. What they care about is power and seizing it any way they possibly can. All right, let's take our uh, next caller, Mr. Producer. Next caller is Tim from Manhattan. All right, we got a New Yorker calling in. Tim, thanks for calling. I actually kind of hope you're a liberal Democrat so you can explain these policies to my listeners. Well, I'm I'm not a liberal Democrat, and I, I'm, <laughs> I'm a young 24-year-old. I just graduated college, and I have a question about uh, – I just have a question, and my question is: okay, um, If the drunken sailors don't stop spending our money, where does it? Or what happens if we do stop? Because I've been reading uh, that one book you you uh, suggested, the Two Hundred Economic Truths, and it just seems like if they stop, there's a disaster, and if they keep going, there's a disaster. So it's a great question, and and this is you know we put ourselves in an incredible bind, and, and so the first rule, I mean it seems obvious. But the first rule, if you're in a ditch, stop digging, right? That's the first thing you do. You stop digging. And that's not what Biden wants to do. One of the things that really disturbs me, I mean, look, we all know raising taxes is a negative for the economy. If you tax something, you get negative. We don't want to be taxing more and more taxes on our our small business producers and our companies, uh, or else you're going to get less jobs, right? Uh, We all know that running massive deficits is immoral. And is a story that never has a happy ending. Everyone knows that. Come on, I don't. If you're a liberal, even you know that you, you can't borrow forever and run up your credit card forever. Um, we all know that 
regulating our economy uh, in such a way that destroys our businesses only benefits our uh, competitors like China. We all know that we have to get very, very tough with China. I think Trump taught us that lesson. And I was there. Trump stood toe to toe with the Chinese leaders. And he got tough with them and they backed down and we got better trade deals with China. Um, This president isn't doing that. And so you ask the question, how does this story end? Can it go on forever? Obviously, no. And we're in such a bind right now because the interest rates are rising. That means the cost of all of this borrowing goes up. We have $30 trillion of debt. This is quite a quite a financial squeeze we put our country in. And then Biden's running around the country saying, let's relieve $1.5 trillion of student loan debt. Where's that money going to come from, folks? <laughs> Where are we going to get $1.5 trillion when we're already $30 trillion in debt? And we're going to send $30 billion to Ukraine? I'm fine with that. I'm not an expert on Ukraine. But if we're going to spend, send $30 billion to them, why don't you, Joe Biden, find somewhere we can cut $30 billion? $150 billion was stolen from the unemployment benefit program. You did nothing about it. Uh, what about taking some of the money out of Medicaid when we had $100 billion of fraud from that program? What about the, the uh, program that, that's providing all this rent-free? People aren't paying their rents for two years, and we keep the taxpayers from paying for their rents. I mean, I could go on and on. We've got to get this government under control. We've got to cut the spending. We cannot have a $6 trillion budget. Folks, when I came to Washington in 1985, Ronald Reagan was president. Our, our budget was $1 trillion. Our debt was $2 trillion. Think about this. Now, fast forward to 2022. We don't have a $1 trillion budget. We have a 6 to $7 trillion budget. We don't have a $2 trillion uh, national debt. We have a $32 trillion national debt. Somebody tell me that that's a good thing, because <laughs> I don't see it. Now, you have people who believe in something called the modern monetary theory, which is this dingbat liberals who say we can just keep spending and borrowing till kingdom come. Well, kingdom is going to come pretty quickly if we continue to do that, because America will not be America if we continue to squander our, our money. And by the way, I'm so glad that this caller called in. He's just graduated from college. He's the one who's going to be paying the bills for this. I'm 62 years old. I'm not going to pay for this. I'll be dead. All right. We got time for one more question, Mr. Producer. Who have we got? Real quick, Jerry from New Brunswick, New Jersey. Jerry, thanks for calling from New Brunswick. We literally have 60 seconds. So what do you got for us, sir? I'll try and speed it up. We complain about the fuel prices and we complain about uh, all these silly policies. But what we don't attack is that these policies come from an ideology. And this ideology comes from, uh, you know, basically junk science. And we don't talk about that. They're talking about saving the planet. We're talking about saving 500 jobs. We look like idiots. We have to attack the idiot science that buttresses that ideology that then makes these stupid policies. And we never seem to get to the beginning of it. We're always running around talking about the jobs, which are important. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Well, it's a great point. And it's very simple, folks. If you actually think that a United States government that can't uh, protect our border, that can't balance the budget, that can't stop the uh, drug epidemic in this country, that can't uh, keep gas prices low, they're going to change the temperature of the planet. Come on. That is that is the greatest myth of all. It's laughable. Let's get this country going. Let's get new leadership. 
I'm Steve Moore. It's the More Money Show. Thanks for listening, folks. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com.